Welcome to the podcast that's all about affiliate management. A super affiliate affiliate manager and entrepreneur who has worked with leading brands, including Bet365, Leo Vegas, Rank, Jackpot Joy, William Hill, Ladbrooks, and more. Helping to navigate the jungle that is affiliate management. Welcome to the Rue Wright Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast series devoted to affiliate management. In this series, I will be inviting and interviewing a number of affiliate managers, affiliates, and other industry players involved in the management of affiliates, giving listeners insight in on best practices of affiliate management from all sides of the industry. Today, I'm talking with Leanne Johnson from Affiliate Insider. Leanne has a wealth of industry experience, including marketing and acquisition strategies. She's been a judge for both iGaming and Digital Marketing Awards, a mentor for the Accelerator Academy, and of course, the founder of Affiliate Insider, an iGaming affiliates event, training academy, online news and PR publication, and affiliate management agency. Thank you very much for joining me today, Leanne, and welcome. Hi, Rue. Thanks very much for having me on your show. Really enjoy being here. Very, very well. Fantastic. For those listeners who don't know what you do, Leanne, can you give us a rundown of what you do for affiliates and conversely what you do for operators? Sure. So I launched Affiliate Insider in uh, November 2017, so we're still quite new, but I've been around in the affiliate industry for almost two decades. Um, sounds like a long time, but obviously I started when I was quite young. Um, and what we really do is everything that's affiliate related. So um, for affiliates, we have news, digital insights, we have our content hub, which really just gives them some direction of what's happening in the, in the digital space around them. Um, obviously, it's disrupting all the time, so trying to keep up with all of the new trends, everything that's happening in SEO, in social, in all the different digital mediums um, is a big help to actually have in one space. We also then branched out and took our content further and um, created uh, intensive boot camps. So affiliates get to take a day out of their, out of their you know, busy schedules to actually come and learn from industry experts. We bring some really good speakers in um, that don't generally speak on the open circuit to really just have some one-on-one -on -one time with these guys so they can ask the hard questions, get the answers that they're looking for, and think about where their business is going. Um, on the flip side, we also do um, affiliate management for uh, a couple of operators. So, you know, if you need help with your affiliate program or if you're looking for a little bit of an injection of strategy to help you get to the next level, um, our experience team can help you to do that as well. So it's all about connecting. It's all about bringing people together to do good affiliate business. It's about best practice. And um, it's just about, you know, supporting the channel as a whole. So that's what wow. we do. Well, Leanne, it sounds like a mouthful, but actually, <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like a mouthful. But it's it's pretty exciting that you cover such an array throughout the industry, and you can be helping so many participants. So, and, and as you mentioned, you've you've been in this digital space now for some near near on twenty years. So, would you like to just maybe run through some of the most significant changes you've seen over that time, and not just in digital marketing, but also in the affiliate marketing space? Sure. So, I mean, the industry has evolved incredibly in the last sort of, you know, 20 years that I've been, been working in it from a simple, you know, refer a friend tracking link way back in the day 
to sophisticated technology and data insights that we get today in order to, you know, work with, um, you know, marketing budgets in a little bit more structured way. So, you know, back in the day, you didn't have as much data. You didn't actually see, you know, where your money was coming from and, and how the customers were converting. Now you can see everything in the journey. So I think the evolution of tracking, data insights, marketing automation, um, you know, the, the big role that Google plays in terms of, um, you know, curating uh, people's search online, all of those things has really impacted in the affiliate marketing space to make it evolve as a, a continually um, disruptive channel. And I think that's what really makes it exciting for anybody coming into this space is that, you know, what you learn today in five years' time is going to be completely different. So you're constantly learning your strategies and you're constantly learning on the job. Yeah, for sure. And that's one of the things I've noticed over the years as well is that the affiliates are actually the instigators of change, um, looking for new opportunities, identifying them and then putting them to action. And quite often you'll find that the brands actually pick up on these and start doing them inside their own marketing department. So it's a, a really uh, fun industry to be in as an affiliate to be at that, that cutting edge, if you like. Yeah, I've always said that. I mean, it's actually quite a good point that affiliates really do drive the change as well because they're on the front line and they're actually learning and, and so immersed in what's happening in, you know, search, social, all the channels that they're using to acquire customers that often um, on the merchant side, and obviously I've worked at multiple programs and managed, you know, many, many different brands over the years. I was learning from them instead of them learning from us. Um, so it, it, That's a very good point, actually. Yeah, it's an interesting situation. Um, okay, so we've sort of covered what's happened in the last 20 years, and um, I don't think we can look 20 years into the future, definitely, but let's say 10% of that. For the next two years, what do you see as some of the opportunities or threats, if you see any? Yeah, so it's, that's a really good question, actually, because I think opportunities, there, there are many. I think a lot of people have become disillusioned with you know, the, the cost of the iGaming industry, you know, taxes and regulation and licensing. And um, the thing is, is that that actually makes you think a little bit harder and it makes you, um, you know, innovate a little bit more. So I think data helps to um, provide insights on where customers are, how to engage with them. And I think affiliates that look at that data very closely often come up with really innovative products and services to actually, you know, support that community. I think community marketing is another thing that's kind of undervalued in our um, channel. So um, affiliates need to look at not just driving traffic from one place to another in order to be remunerated, but actually to build communities around their brand and, and around their product and service so that they can get repeat business. So loyalty, customer service, uh, you know, uh, membership, that kind of thing, I, I see affiliates delving a little bit more into. Um, something else that's, you know, obviously quite new is influencer marketing. I think affiliates are going to start thinking about themselves as many influencers. They're not going to be looking at um, how their brand, um, you know, just converts. They're going to be looking at how they actually influence customers to convert to brands. And thinking about that in a different way rather than, you know, just doing normal content about the facts and the figures of, you know, a slot machine, but actually looking at, you know, how they build communities about competitions around it and, and just engaging customers in a different way. Influencer marketing is really also a thing that's quite interesting because it's it's a different way of communicating with a younger audience. Not young as in under the age of eighteen, but you know, over twenty one to thirty five, that customer segment has actually grown up in a very different digital place to where we've been. Um, and so learning to actually interact with those customers on different devices in different places and different channels, social channels, is really, really important. 
So I think those are the opportunities that we're looking at in the next two years, and it is going to be disruptive and it is going to be fast moving because I think that's what we've seen, you know, coming into this this channel. In terms of threats, yeah. sorry, in terms of threats, you know, I see a lot of mergers and acquisitions happening. I see a lot of affiliates, you know, bigger affiliates buying smaller affiliates, and I see a lot of smaller affiliates thinking that there's no opportunity for them because the market's just, you know, getting too big and and too uh, difficult. But Actually, uh, you know, I think that for me, that's where the challenge lies. So if, if you're really dedicated about, you know, you, you have a good product, a good service, there's always going to be an opportunity for you because really nobody wants a monopoly. So, you know, none of the operators want to only end up working with four or five customers. And I think, you know, affiliates need to be looking at that and seeing where they can differentiate and where they can add value in the channel. Whilst it's a, you know, it could be seen as a threat, I actually see it as an opportunity, I suppose. And then also the threats in general, from what I see in my, my corner of the sort of, you know, ecosystem is that there's a, there's a massive lack of education that's taking place. You know, we're, we're not, Investing in self-learning, investing in actually looking outside of the iGaming space to see what's happening in digital and then applying those trends into, you know, the sector to see how we can innovate and change and do things differently. So I think those are the two things, two key areas that I see in the next two years that we will probably see some movement in. Yeah, yeah definitely very good points there, Leanne. So obviously influencer marketing, I believe, agree with you, it's going to be very um, strong growth in, in that area because as the younger demographic comes through and uh, they're looking at different ways of being able to access their information as opposed to the ways that affiliates have traditionally done it, I think the uptake in that space, uh, one, is a, is a massive opportunity and, and in some respects a threat to existing affiliates out there yeah. who might be uh, consolidating and buying more sites or databases and that sort of thing, but unless they move with the times as well, they'll uh, they'll go the way of the dinosaurs as well. But also looking at that growth, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in both Africa and the US. So mm. on that note, what do you think about those opportunities opening up? And do you think that UK, both UK operators and brands, have the capability of being able to go into those markets uh, do the land grab as it may be, but also still be able to uh, keep a handle on what's going on in the UK market space? So this is a very interesting question. Um, having come from, you know, the background and being in the industry as long as I have, I was in the US when it was open back in the day. And, you know, it was a really um, funny market to be in. It's, you know, its state is almost like a mini little country. So marketing in that, in that country is actually quite complex. And um, what I'm waiting to see is, and, and what I've sort of been observing in the affiliate space is that a lot of affiliates are overly cautious about the U.S. at the moment. They just want to wait and see what happens with licensing, regulation, costs, because it could be quite a costly affair to actually get into that marketplace, especially with each, um, you know, federal state, you know, having their own uh, rules and regulations. So just the, the compliance side of, of getting into the U.S. is a big project, but then there's also the costs associated as well. Um, I think early adopters, obviously, they'll have the land grab. So you see some of the bigger guys, I think that's collectors out there already, Katana probably followed, uh, you know, followed suit. Um, but in terms of the mass market of affiliates, I think people are hanging back and just waiting to see what's, you know, what's actually going to transpire. Interestingly, for the U.S. market, though, which um, is something that came out of uh, our recent Affiliate Fest, is that esports is quite an interesting channel for affiliates to consider if they do want to dip their toe into the U.S. market. 
um, ahead of, you know, going into the more hardcore stuff. Quite good uh, player values there, but also, again, a different type of marketing is required. You can't sort of plug and play your sports book, you know, brand into uh, into the esports channel. The other thing that I think that's quite interesting about the U.S. is affiliates who have skills and, and you know, maybe we're talking to the older generation of affiliates who have been there in the U.S. before. They could actually offer those skills as, as you know, consultancy to operators that want to get into that space and maybe don't have the experience. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there. I think people are just sort of dipping their toe and, and keeping a little bit cautious before rushing in. You know, they say fools rush in. So I think that's really what's, what's happening at the moment from what I see, at least. So, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, from my observations and uh, obviously talking to industry connections, pretty much along the same lines as, as you there, Leanne. I mean, it's 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 amazing, but there is a lot of work behind the scenes in order to be able to manage those jurisdictions and and how the different rules in those jurisdictions are going to apply to operators and what it means in licensing. So early days, but you know, exciting because uh, back in the back in the day when when there was a little uh, opening in the market, there things uh, you know there was a lot of money to be made for affiliate. So, and as you say, um, consultancy is something that you know maybe some of the older school affiliates who uh, uh, from the old cat days and that sort of thing might be able yeah. to offer offer in, in their in their local ge- geographical location. So, which which kind of leads into my next question. So, do you think it's a disadvantage for affiliates not to be based in the market they're trying to penetrate, i.e., UK-based affiliates trying to get into the American space or the uh, the African space? I do. I really do feel that um, in order for you to actually expand your brand into a different geolocation, you really do need to have an in-depth understanding of what's happening in that space and also the cultural differences. So, uh, you know, you mentioned Africa. One of the things that I can obviously say, um, being African myself, is that, you know, what you do in the UK is not going to work in, you know, any parts of Africa because the cultural differences are, you know, completely, um, even though they all speak English, it's just, it's not the same kind of English that that makes sense. And I suppose you could say the same about Australia and New Zealand. You know, the uh, what works in the UK only works for the UK. So having either a local partner on the ground in a, you know, local geolocation or, or actually going out there to go and spend time to understand the local community, to understand who you would be marketing to is vitally important before you actually step over, you know, the geographic divide. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there, Leanne. I mean, having been uh, based in Australia when I was marketing bingo in the UK, which sounds mm. a little bit bizarre, um, we definitely needed to make sure that we had people on the ground in the UK because e- even the pronunciation of words and, uh, you know, the spelling of words and, and phrases and sayings are completely different from uh, from Australia to, to the UK. So it's very important. And in another situation, I, I remember a particular brand uh, moving their chat support from the UK to Costa Rica, and as mm. soon as they did that, um, it just didn't didn't resonate very well with with the players, in which this case happened to be uh, online bingo, and and they lost significant market share to other operators who decided to keep their chat host based in the UK. So I do think it's vitally important that uh, you do your research well as an affiliate and make sure that you are you do have some sort of grounding in in that geolocation that you're going into yeah i mean you know just immersing yourself in the local culture i know it sounds like a tourist um you know ad but actually it's it's so important because you will pick up the finer nuances of how to actually market and marketing is tailored that's when it's successful so you know spending that time or you know actually physically being there or having a partner that can help you to bridge that gap it's super important 
Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. That's a really good piece of insight, I believe, and uh, with these spaces opening up. Um, can you tell me, Leanne, a few affiliates you admire and why? What makes them stand out for you? Okay, so this is a really difficult question to ask me because there's a lot of people that I admire in this um, space. <laughs> and, I mean, you would be one of them, you know, uh, right. having built a really, really successful um, affiliate program. And what I loved about Port was the community. It was the first time that I'd seen an affiliate business actually build, you know, a community that was so strong and so engaging. But there's a couple of others that stick out in my mind recently um, that I've been working with personally um, and, you know, have had interactions with. First up is uh, NoWagering.com. So I really like the fact that affiliates are starting to move away from, you know, marketing bonus offers to engage customers and rather looking at how they can actually extend value and, and look at other opportunities to actually engage customers to play online, um, you know, casino slots, sports, whatever. So I like the fact that there are affiliates out there that are thinking laterally about their business, about their brand. Um, and then I like the fact that there's a lot of affiliates out there that are actually building really cool products. One of them um, that I've seen recently is yourfreebet.com. They have a really, really great um, sports product, so they focus their attention on building a service for the client rather than just building a brand. Um, basically, any affiliate that really differentiates, another one that, that sort of springs to mind is Ask Gamblers. I mean, they've built a fantastic community. They've even gone a step further. They, they're currently doing um, the Ask Gamblers Awards, which I think only launched last year. But they get their customers to actually vote on which you know slot games are the best to play. So they really drill down deep into content into community engagement. There's so many affiliates, I can't mention them all, but you know, I've seen some really great um, new sites launch in the last sort of 12 years, uh, 12 months, sorry, um, where you know customers can uh, create their own ratings for products, so where they're really getting customers to engage and actually provide content instead of them pushing content to customers, which I actually really like. So. Um, there's so many, I can't really, you know, we'd be here for <laughs> next, next Christmas if I had to real that I think are amazing. But the biggest thing is that I respect any affiliate that's starting a business and building a brand and actually creating a community because it is a very, very hard job to do. And I think people don't really realize how much work and effort goes into doing that. So, you know, any affiliate that's established a brand, has a business and is making money, I respect them all. Definitely. I mean, you touched on it. It's, it's a lot of hard work to be an effective affiliate and there's just so much work that goes on behind the scenes. So uh, any successful affiliate, you know, uh, big or small, you know, to define success, uh, if you're out there and doing it and having a go, um, then then at least you're on the field. So that's great. So that that, that, that wasn't too hard to answer, was it, Anne, but uh, without stepping on too many toes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so obviously with affiliates, it, it's easier to manage a few affiliates. And I guess if you're managing a few super affiliates, that's fine. But um, just in respect to affiliate management, you know, how many affiliates do you think an, a good affiliate manager can effectively manage, given that they probably should be really looking after the affiliates who are just starting out as well, because those guys are going to grow and, uh, and provide players in the future? Well, that's a very good question. Um, and actually, my whole business is built around the fact that um, there is this gap in the marketplace where affiliate managers can't actually manage everybody. It's impossible, right? So, I mean, in my experience as a, you know, head of affiliates at, you know, multiple different companies, I never really apportioned more than 100 affiliates to anyone given affiliate manager in, in our program because it's impossible to get 
onto a personal level with everybody. And, you know, different affiliates need different levels of support depending on where they are in their life cycle. And, you know, kind of segmenting your database and making sure that you have a, the right mix in that 100 is also just as important. It's not just about, okay, 1 to 100 is you and 101 to 200, and, you know, is, is, is you, Mr. Affiliate Manager. So um, it's about, you know, looking at your database, looking at the, you know, quality and value of the affiliates that you have in your, net, in your program, and then thinking about, you know, in your team, who's got the best skill sets and and how do you actually manage that as a whole? Um, so I don't think that there's any definitive number. I personally wouldn't want to manage more than 100 affiliates um, at any one given time because I don't think I'd be able to give them the support that they need. But in programs where there are thousands of affiliates, and indeed I've managed programs where there were tens of thousands of affiliates, it becomes almost impossible to actually see that lower to mid-tier and to actually give them the support that they might need in order to get to the next level. And that's mm. really why I created Affiliate Insider, was to actually coach the one-to-many that don't have the opportunity yet to speak to an individual affiliate manager at any one program. So we're supporting those guys that aren't currently supported in order to get the knowledge, the skills that they need to actually move up into the next level and eventually become an account-managed affiliate in any particular affiliate program. And mm. often, if you think about them works, the ecosystem works, you could be a really good affiliate sending quite good you know, volumes of traffic, but you've divvied that traffic up between 10 or 20 operators because you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. And therefore, none of those 20 operators that you're working with value you as a big affiliate because you haven't reached their quota yet. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're stuck in between a rock and a hard place because you don't have a humanoid to speak to because you're not account managed yet in any particular program. And yet you are actually sending quite decent volumes of traffic, whereas if you had to pull that all together into one place, you'd probably be in the top, you know, 100 affiliates on any given program. So we are trying to sort of get in and support operators by by nurturing the, the, the sort of the masses and helping them to actually connect with those masses at specific, you know, personalized conferences and events. Um, and that seems to be working quite well for us. You know, the feedback that we've had is, you know, great. I'm in a room with 100 affiliates. There's no distractions. I can, you know, talk to them about my brand. I can engage with them on a personal level. And the other thing on the flip side of that, too, is that, you know, affiliates get bombarded with a lot of stuff. You know, mm. they, if they're managing 20 operator programs, it's, it's, it's difficult for them to keep in touch with what's happening at each of those different programs. So I think, and, and when you go to a huge conference or expo, Connecting with people is really difficult because there's thousands of people in the room. So who do you, you know, target? And if you don't know anybody in the industry, how do you make those connections? How do you know which brands you should be talking to? So that's really why I started Affiliate Insider because I saw this gap and I wanted to actually be able to sort of share the knowledge that I've amassed over the last two decades and help these guys to just get some intermediate support until they actually get, you know, personally account managed. So that's yeah. kind of, you know, it's probably a long answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's a, it's a very good answer. And, and I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, the feedback I've heard from what you're offering to operators in terms of affiliate management is, uh, is, is spot on. And I think at the end of the day, when you're an affiliate, you really do need that connection and you need that love from an affiliate manager because, uh, and, and I spoke about this on, on my previous podcast, you know, an affiliate manager.
manager just coming up to you at a conference and saying, got any traffic, is, is not really a, a great testament of their ability to be able to market not only themselves, but also their brand. So it's a little bit more important than that, which kind of leads me into my next question, I guess, is, you know, have you actually seen, uh, or can you give me an example of uh, an outstanding affiliate management? So anybody who's done anything that sort of stands out for you and, um, and do you think that came from that person as an individual or was that from training or from higher up the chain of managers? It's a good question. And I don't want to actually give any one particular name or two particular names, but there are people out there that are absolutely stellar affiliate managers. And I've had the pleasure of actually dealing with them. Um, and then there's people that aren't so great and not because it's their fault, but because the training that they've had isn't great. So, you know, traditionally you come into an affiliate manager role either through uh, a sort of sales side or you come through on a customer support side and you know the product really well. Everything else you, you tend to learn on the job. There is no school for, you know, how to be a good affiliate manager. So depending on who you've learned from, there's a natural degradation of skills that takes place. Um, you know, some of the most... Some of the bigger brands, and, and I will actually say this because I'll give them credit where credit is due. Every single time I've ever had a meeting with a Bet365 affiliate manager, I've been impressed. Um, they come to a meeting with their reports. They know exactly, you know, they've assessed your uh, traffic. They know exactly, they've, you know, come up with ideas of how to actually, you know, improve things, how to help you earn with them. You know, they, they look at things a little bit differently. And I think it's because they're a big brand that they have to continue to innovate. Um, and, you know, I, I wish that smaller brands could kind of look at that and go, yeah, I want my team to look like that. Their teams are polished, they're trained, they, you know, know what's happening in the industry. Um, and, and to me that, you know, affiliates are your front line, as you said, you know, an affiliate manager coming up to an affiliate at an event and saying, hey, you know, got any traffic doesn't put your brand in the best place. The problem with the industry is that there's no school to go to to learn. So, you know, there's only a few of us that have been around as, you know, learning the trade, as you can say. Um, mm. and, and, and in that, we've learned skills and, and tools and tactics to, um, you know, do the job really well. But it's also the onus on the affiliate manager, to be, to be honest, to continue to self-develop themselves. If you're an affiliate manager and you're not learning on the job and you're not continuously, you know, doing self-developed learning, then you're in the wrong job. Um, because this industry doesn't sit still. And what we did five years ago in affiliate marketing isn't relevant today. So I'm quite passionate about training. Obviously, we have our own training academy. Um, we do, I don't actually call it training. I call it coaching because mm -hmm. I think as an affiliate manager, you have an inherent set of skills, a natural aptitude for doing the job, but then you also have a hunger to learn. And if you can combine those two together with, you know, core strategies and tools and tips and tricks that I've picked up in my 20 years, I think you become something quite, you know, unique in the industry. So training is ongoing training is important for you. It's important for the operator to consider investing in. Um, and obviously it benefits affiliates and, you know, the relationship management side as well. Mm, most definitely. And uh, on the point about Bet365, I mean, and looking at the, the chain of command, if you like, inside that organisation, you know, James Wood uh, has won a number of industry uh, awards year on year on year. And obviously that's filtered down to his affiliate managers. And the other thing that we see happening with Bet365 compared to a lot of the other brands is the longevity uh, and careers of the affiliate managers at Bet365. Uh, I would hazard a 
guess and say it's probably double if not triple the industry standard in terms of uh, churn rate because a lot of the other uh, brands you see affiliate managers change very often so yeah. obviously doing something right and continuing to do it right under under James tutorage just on another subject, I guess, is, you know, what do you love about affiliate marketing and, and the iGaming industry too? I mean, what are some of the things that really sort of you love about those two things? Well, for me personally, I mean, I think if you've ever met me, you sort of see I, I kind of have ADHD. I'm, I'm you know, <laughs> continuously learning, continuously, you know, evolving and, and looking at, at what's happening ahead. And I, I personally have had a love affair with digital marketing for 20 years. So for me, you know, I found the right job. I found the right space. I absolutely love the fact that, you know, what we do today isn't going to be the same as what we do in two years' time. So I think probably the fact that I have to keep learning because I am an internal student and I don't, you know, I don't think anybody can call themselves an expert in affiliate marketing if they're not still learning it. And yeah, so I guess that the fact that, you know, the industry changes so quickly. So there's a lot of regulation of compliance, but new games, new products, you know, every day there's something new happening. So, you know, newsworthy wise, it's, you know, it's a perfect place to be for, you know, content generation. And I have had experience working in retail and finance as well. So, you know, I'm not looking at this blind, but it just is a very unique industry to work in. And I think most people always tend to bounce back. They might step away for a little while, but they do tend to sort of bounce back to this space because it is so unique. For sure. It's a bit of a boomerang industry, that's for sure. And um, and nothing sort of sums that up, I guess, like the conferences, the industry conferences are, are quite legendary. Um, and on that, what do you think the advantages are of going to attend these conferences for both affiliate managers and affiliates? I think it's vital, honestly. I mean, you know, first from an educational perspective, which is sort of like the conferences that we have where it's very content rich. You, you literally leave the conference and you're brain dead for the day. Um, <laughs> but then there's also the relationship building side, which is a very key part of affiliate marketing. Um, you know, having good relationships and, and good communication and actually having that people time coming out from behind the screen to to network and get to know people is vitally important for your business. So, you know, pick and choose which conferences. You don't have to be at every one, but, you know, go to a spread because different people hang out at different conferences for different reasons. And, you know, make sure that you're seen and heard, especially for affiliates. Often, and you know, to really get that deal or to, you know, negotiate something bespoke, you need to have that personal relationship with the affiliate manager that you're talking to so they can understand what your business is all about and how to actually accommodate you in terms of, you know, marketing or, or you know, commercials, whatever it is that you're asking for. And just, you know, people buy people at the end of the day. You know, I've always had really good relationships with affiliates. I've always spent a lot of time. I think that's probably something that I should have said on the last question. Why do I love affiliate marketing? Because I love people. And, you know, I think events help you to actually make those connections. So I do think you need to, you know, make the time to get out from behind your screen and go. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what it's all about. The conferences is uh, meeting, greeting and, and doing the deals and getting educated as well and uh, and what's going on in the industry and the latest technology. So they are very exciting. And as you say, just pick and choose which ones are going to work best for you. Yeah. Moving uh, just a few quick-fire questions for you, uh, Leanne. So if you were starting a program in the iGaming space, could you give me maybe three quick tips for that? And if you're starting out as an affiliate, maybe three quick-fire tips for that. I mean, obviously, the number one, if you're starting out as an affiliate, is uh, to attend your affiliate boot camp, so we'll put that in there. <laughs> but uh, yeah. a little bit more other information would be great. 
Okay, so three quick five tips, and I actually get asked this question quite often for an operator starting a program. The three things that I would be looking at before I even think about starting a program is technology. Which technologies do I need? Often I see, you know, operators, newcomers coming to the market and they have the wrong technology for the life cycle that they're in. So there's plenty to choose from in terms of technologies that, you know, out there. But which one is the right one? So, you know, make sure that you ask an expert, get advice. Don't buy a Lamborghini when you actually only need a Mini Cooper. Um, you know, there's ways that you can scale programs up. You can save on costs, all sorts of things that you can do. So, you know, I would definitely say invest in some expert advice and actually get somebody to help you decide which tech to use. Make sure that you benchmark yourself against your competitors. Often I will meet, a, you know, a company that is, you know, passionate about their brand, and, you know, the days of build it and they are come are long over. So, you know, the fact that you have a brand and a nice looking website, that's lovely for you, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to build a successful affiliate program. So, you know, benchmark yourself against your competitors, understand what your USPs are, who's your tone of voice, who exactly are you targeting, drill down to the niche groups before you even begin, because that will help you to actually build your strategy. And then... Um, Consider what your USPs are. You know, often when I say to a brand, what's your USP? And I go, oh, you know, we've got um, a great bonus offer. Yes, you and a million other operators do. <laughs> so what exactly is your USP? And often people can't answer that because they're so wrapped up in, in their product. They're not looking at it from a third-party perspective. Um, and that makes it difficult for you to market the brand and to actually, um, you know, sell the brand into affiliates. So, you know, even if you just spend one day of, you know, intensive strategy with an affiliate marketing expert, it's money well spent because it's, you know, it's going to give you insights to your brand and product that you yourself can't see because you're working in your product. Um, so those are my three tips for an operator brand. If, if they had to come to us, and, and many do, and ask us mm -hmm. for help, um, these are the things that we talk to them about. And then on the affiliate side, Again, research, you know, who are you? What's your tone of voice? You know, what's your proposition? Who are, you know, who, who start with a customer in mind? Because often an affiliate will go, oh, I've got all this great content and I can write a site. It's not enough. It's not enough to have a great site with content because you need to be an authority in your, in your space. You need to understand exactly who your customer avatar is. Otherwise, you're just going to bumble around and you're never going to make money. Um, what I find is happening at the moment is we actually coach a lot of affiliates so um, you know they'll come to us and say this is what I've got and we can help them to actually monetize that better so often affiliates you know they're really good at one thing or two things they can drive traffic or they can do SEO or they can build UX but what they need help with is sort of the commercialization like which deals to do how to actually put those deals together and then they need help with the sales pitch um, you know you've only got two seconds to make an impression at any you know event that you go to or any email that you send how are you actually going to do your two-minute elevator pitch you kind of need to have that done and and really ready and slick before you go and ask for money because if you Correct. don't know what you're doing How's anybody else going to give you money to sort of pay you to do what you think you're doing? So I think those are my, my key points, really. Yeah, those are great points. Thank you for that, Leanne. Yes, you certainly got to uh, prove your worth as an affiliate, and, and likewise, the affiliate managers have to prove their brand. So, and that's one of the things I love about affiliate marketing is it is a win-win proposition. But mm. uh, you know, when you're first starting out, there's a lot of trust involved, and you need to really communicate on both sides as to uh, what's on offer. 
But but excellent. Um, moving in, uh, I mean, we've touched briefly a little bit on Affiliate Insider, um, and I'd like to um, delve into that a little bit more, if you don't mind. But also, could you touch on maybe what other resources are available out there for both affiliates and affiliate managers or or the lack of resources out there for those? But um, a little bit of a, more info about the boot camp as well would be great. Sure. So, I mean, you know, there's no school of affiliate marketing. There's, you know, affiliate training courses are plenty. I mean, Chudley Gaming Academy runs a really good course with Tom Kalanis. Um, there's, uh, I think, iGaming Academy as well. There's quite a few, um, you know, training courses that people can go on just to get the basics, but to really get the nuts and bolts and skills and strategies to apply that, because there's two, two types of learning. There's, there's the theoretical side, i.e. this is your course, and then there's practical implementation of that. I think that's where Affiliate Insider sits. We will teach you the basics, but then we'll also teach you how to apply those basics to your particular program in order to actually meet you know, your revenue goals and success metrics. So ours is sort of more in-depth, um, it's uh, focused, it's bespoke to you and your uh, brand, whereas I think some of the other training courses are this is the course and it's the same course for everybody on a day. Um, so we have much smaller groups. We only take 10 people in a, in a class, um, and that's because I have to give them, you know, attention and I, I need to be able to actually give them time on the day to work through their own portfolios. We also follow that up. So, you know, we train you, we let you loose for three months, and then we have a one-on-one -on -one strategy session with you to make sure that what you learned, you implemented, and then you can measure back and see what the results were. Um, I'm a big believer of ROI. I mean, I live and die by it. So, you know, I want people to come through our training course and um, be able to demonstrate that they've actually learned something and that they've been able to generate revenue from it because otherwise I don't think we've done our job properly. Um, so, you know, there's training courses, there's uh, coaching like we offer, um, and then there's the self-led learning, and I did touch on that before. Uh, affiliate managers need to be consuming an enormous amount of digital content in order to stay abreast of what's happening in the marketplace. I read an incredible amount of um, information on a daily basis in order to stay um, in, in the know of what's happening in the marketplace so that I can comment on it in, uh, as an expert. So if you're not, you know, investing an hour a day just reading all the trade press, reading all the, you know, marketing land, um, all the digital newsletters, consuming what's happening with Google, then you're not doing your job properly. So I think that's, that's the difference between affiliate management and some of the other, you know, jobs out there is that, you have to be investing in your own learning. Um, it's not something that your boss has to do for you. They can to get you to a certain level, but it's a continual thing. Every day you're learning. So mm. you never stop. You never stop. And therefore, you know, reading a lot of information is good. You'd be surprised how many times I ask the question, how many, you know, do you read industry magazines? And which industry magazines do you read? Purely I ask that question for my own selfish marketing reasons because I want to know where to advertise. But yeah. many affiliates actually, affiliate managers tell me that they don't read it at all. And that scares mm. me because yep. you're pushing a lot of content out into the marketplace about what best practices are. And if you're not reading it, then you're not doing your job properly. So, no, I couldn't, couldn't agree more on that one. And, um, yeah, it's pretty scary to think that uh, affiliate managers aren't paying attention because they're really taking their eye off what they need to be looking at because the space changes so quickly and um, obviously compliance issues are, are rife at the moment, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Yeah. Um, but, but before that, um, I guess... You know, we've got all this training in place, or you can find a lot of information, obviously, online. I, I've got a little bit of a tricky question for you, because I know a lot of affiliates start out, and, you know, they want to make their millions. 
Why do you think they fail? You know, the thing is, is I think I touched on it a little bit earlier. Affiliates are really good at doing, you know, one of two things. Um, and it's impossible to be an expert in everything now in the digital space. So one of the things that I see, you know, where affiliates fail is that they fail on the connections. They don't know who to speak to. I mean, if you can, if you have a big brother or a big sister that can actually introduce you to someone every time you need something, don't you think that that's going to make a fantastic um, impact to your business? Because it shortcuts your time for research and, you know, outreach and whatever, and it gives you a direct link. Mm. So, you know, networking, I think that's one of the key things where affiliates sometimes fail to focus and, and therefore they sometimes fail because they don't get the connections that they need in order to, you know, do good deals. I think the other thing is, is not polishing themselves for sales. And I'll give you an example of, a recent thing that happened, um, which led to a really good story in the end, but it made me sad and it made me realize why I'm actually doing this. I was in uh, Amsterdam at the Amsterdam Affiliate Conference in June. And, um, you know, it's kind of like last part of the day, three, you know, kind of three o'clock in the afternoon where people are looking dog tired because they've been walking around the whole day. And this guy walked past our stand and he just looked tired and, he, you know, he was just sort of standing there and I went over to chat as you do. And um, I said to him, oh, come, you know, take a pew and, and sit down for five minutes. You look like you've been tired. And he said to me, yeah, I am. And he said, I've been walking this floor the whole day. And you just, you know, when you can see somebody's body language and you just mm. look like totally downtrodden. I said to him, well, yeah. tell me what's been happening. You know, who are you? What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And um, uh, he sort of started telling me his stories. Really nice affiliate, you know, had a really nice product. Very new, so didn't have a lot of traffic yet to the site. Um, and he just he paid to come to Amsterdam. So he paid for his flight, he's paid for his hotel um, to meet affiliate managers and to actually start, you know, checking out which brands he could promote and, you know, how they would fit with his brand. Not one single affiliate manager gave him the time of day. Wow. Wow, and I was, uh, that saddened me because he mm. said, the minute that we, that I started talking to someone, they asked me how much traffic I had. And I said, well, I haven't launched yet, but this is what the site looks like. And the site was pretty good, Rue. Um, yeah. uh, you know, he said, they just cut me off. And I was like, oh, okay. I said, well, tell me a little bit about your site and how you're promoting and what you're doing. The guy had like 15,000 people on his community, not on his wow. website, but on his Facebook community. And wow. he hadn't launched his site. And then in the conversation as we were talking, he started telling me about the marketing promotions that he's going to do that he's already planned to support the site launch. Mm. And I was like, this is golden. Like this guy is like, you know, he's really thought about his property, his proposition. And these are the guys that operators are missing. Yeah. And I thought, you are like my target client. And, you know, so we sat down, we had a chat. I've helped him so far. You know, we, we, we coach, we, we have coaching programs for affiliates that ask us to help them. Um, and it's just a success story because the guy's flying. He's absolutely wow. so he, you know, up to June, he had nothing. He went to this conference. He invested money to go fly and meet people. Nobody would give him a ton of day. He happened by chance to, you know, come across our yeah. staff. And now the guy's like super connected. He's, you know, got deals in place. He's launching his site. He's happy. And he was like, I could never have done that without actually wow. And I don't that, want those chances to be missed for operating. No, no. That is such a fantastic story. And uh, I, I really love it when that kind of thing happens because obviously nobody should be judging a book by its cover. And, you know, that affiliate is going to remember you for the rest of his life. And if you ever need anything from him or you've got exactly. uh, an, an operator that uh, is interested in working with him, you know, who's the first person he's going to talk to? And that's you. So yeah. 
we need to uh, not discriminate um, because we all start from somewhere, you know. I, I still remember the, the day where I got my first uh, acquisition and uh, that was pretty exciting and I remember yeah. getting my first cheque and I, yeah. uh, back in the day, I used to get paid in cheques and I framed that first cheque <laughs> and, you know, and then some months I'd be sending thousands of acquisitions and, um, you know, you know streams streams and rivers form from a single drop, you know. So mm. give the guys a chance, industry. Um, don't, don't be uh, making the same mistake as many of the other affiliate managers made at that conference. <laughs> and also, a note to affiliates, get your sales pitch right. Because yep. this guy was focusing on his website and forgot to tell all of the affiliate managers that he had, like, thousands of people in his community that are active, you know. Yep. It's look at the whole package. Don't just look at the traffic to the website, which is, as you have mentioned already before in this podcast, you know, how much traffic have you got? It's a standard question. Don't mm. ask that question. Ask <laughs> else. Please ask don't ask that question. <laughs> how did you get into affiliate marketing? Make a builder a poll and then go and ask them about their traffic and then ask them about more than just their website. You know, how, how, and, and this is the thing, it's like we've forgotten to be human with one another. You know, yeah. we, we just focus on the data so much that we forget about the, the human behind the data. Mm. Um, and this is where opportunities are missed. And this is what we train and coach, you know, is to not miss those opportunities. Yeah, and as you touched on, people do business with people. So uh, having been an affiliate and been approached by affiliate managers who, one, <clears throat> didn't necessarily know what they were talking about, you know, it, it's a real turnoff, and not to have a conversation with somebody uh, on a human level is 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 worse. Because at the end of the day, I remember doing a lot of business with uh, companies who I enjoyed doing the business with, rather than I could have made more money in the long run. So it's exactly. not all about the money, and it's not all about the traffic. So important lessons. So that's a great one. Thank you, uh, Leanne. So. <laughs> Talking about important lessons, um, how do you think uh, compliance is going at the moment? Obviously, it's been a, a big issue in recent times. Do you think yeah. both affiliates and operators are making progress on this front, or do you think the authorities are going to impose even tighter restrictions? What's, what's your take on this issue? Well, I think, um, you know, initially there was a knee-jerk reaction, which I think people are rethinking, because the affiliate channel is quite important to any brand. It you know, still makes up you know, 30 40% of the acquisition traffic that comes into any you know, major brand. So you can't just shut it off. You have to learn how to manage it. And I think you know, the tools that are coming into place, like your own, um, you know, that help affiliate managers to actually manage big databases and compliance and be more vigilant about it and more automated about it, I think that's the way of the future. So it's not about turning your back on it or trying to shut it down. It's about managing it in the most effective way so that it still adds value to your business. Um, I don't think it's going to get any easier. I think, in, in, if anything, it's going to get harder. And actually, you know, this this industry has matured into, you know, a spotty teenager. You're going to get some people that are going to rebel and you're going to get some people that are going to turn the line and grow into beautiful adults. So mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. I think it's well, you know, it's it's about time, if, if I can say it that way. Um, and I think it's only going to make the in industry stronger from to the outs, you know, outside perspective because it does have a really bad rap, if you can say that. Yeah. Um, and, and it's also going to force affiliates to be more vigilant. I mean, I've had, you know, issues where, um, I've managed affiliates, they've, you know, done dodgy things, they've run away with our money, they haven't delivered traffic, they've, you know, I've had those experiences happen and it's not fun. Um, on the flip side, I know that affiliates have had that happen where they've, you know, had deals in place, contracts in place, and, you know, they've been renegated on. And you just, you know, no other industry does business that way. So why no. should we? 
Um, so I think it, you know, it's a good thing. I think um, we just need to find coping mechanisms and you know tools, tools and, and services and, and providers such as yourself are helping us to do that. Um, and I think we need to just play it by ear and, and you know don't make any knee-jerk reactions, but you know set the law, set mm-hmm. the rules, and make sure that people are following the rules and, and use the tools that are available for you to actually manage those rules and those processes. Yeah, definitely. Couldn't agree more with you on that, Leanne. And I mean, as we go into the future, I think that, you know, unless um, brands are really keeping an eye on this issue, um, the authorities will bring in tighter restrictions. So um, by all means, make make a use of those those tools. I think one of the real issues is the fact that this compliance issue has been sort of dumped on top of what affiliate managers have to do in their role already. Um, yes. So the only way they've been able to handle it is to really cut back on those number of affiliates so it makes it more manageable. But, you know, there are affiliate managers out there, as you say, that are managing literally thousands of accounts and uh, from a compliance standpoint that's just not practical so yeah definitely make use of these tools that are out there. But it also makes a case for um, implementing better practices so you know for, uh, at the moment I'm shocked to find that there are still programs out there that are automatically accepting affiliates without reviewing them yeah. um, you know I mean that's a best it's a basic best practice you shouldn't even be able to accept an affiliate into your program unless you've actually been able to review them and vet them and understand that they do actually own their website because otherwise you're just opening yourself up for fraud later down the line 100 um, so it's it's kind of you know instead instead of having a knee jerk you you put the processes the business rules the processes in place you train your staff you make sure that people understand what you know best practice is for your program or you create your own best practice for your program based on what your business rules are and you and you make sure that your team stays vigilant to that yeah, exactly. I mean, nobody wants to uh, sign up an affiliate and not vet them and then have them uh, send through a whole heap of fraudulent credit card transactions, get paid their affiliate commission and uh, uh, and, and on their way they go. So, yeah, I mean, you've got to be the careful. Other, the other thing as well, which is really relevant for compliance was, and I'm only speaking about this because I come from a finance background, um, you know, when I was working at Netella and Squirrel, you know, we sometimes had to shut countries down for, you know, whatever reason, you know, MasterCard rules, whatever it was. Um, and when you're managing a massive program with tens of thousands of affiliates in a global location, like your affiliate team has to be able to mobilize really quickly to make sure that the, the program remains compliant when a region is closed or when a, a market is closed. Having a compliance tool like yours can actually really help to automate that process because you can very quickly see who hasn't heard the line, who hasn't shut down. You know, you can uh, do cross checks and references as well to make sure that, you know, affiliates are complying with the requests that you're sending instead of like, you know, having to do multiple email campaigns and hoping that an affiliate will open the email and actually action the item. So um, I think that's something that always was kind of like a state of panic. Yeah. <laughs> in, an affiliate's, in an affiliate manager's life is, you know, shoot, we've got to take that bonus down, <laughs> we've got to take this offer down, or we've got to shut that market, and, and then mobilizing that across tens of thousands of affiliates, it, you know, it, it kind of gave you sleepless nights. So, yeah, um, you know, if you've got tools that can help you to manage that, you know, all the better. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a changed game, that's for sure. And, um, you know, a lot to manage and a long way to go. But, you know, as you say, the, the tools that are out there are, are going to make great progress in uh, helping affiliate managers manage that. And also, uh, as you mentioned before, you know, affiliates are managing so many brands as well. It's it's difficult for them to keep up with what's going on. So many emails coming in. Uh, mm. Super affiliates might be promoting 500 plus brands. So exactly. interesting times. Leanne? Tell yeah. me something that's true that almost nobody agrees with you on. Okay, well, this was a difficult one because I actually didn't have anything for this question. <laughs> we all agree um, with you, Lee. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I did want to share a little saucy secret of mine that nobody really believes when I say it. Um, I actually sang with Pavarotti when I was 17. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's a little known fact. Um, I left South Africa and came to England for a little song festival in Wales called the Langlochland Song Festival, represented my country, and the Pavarotti sang with us. We were a South African choir. Back in the day before there was the internet, so good luck looking that up on Google. Um, <laughs> what a shame. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's a little known fact that nobody really knows about me. But yeah, everybody's got an interesting past, right? We, we certainly do, and uh, we actually have found a recording of that, and we'll be adding that on to the <laughs> end of this podcast for those of you who want to continue listening. <laughs> Great. And uh, speaking of the end of the podcast, we've got a few quick-fire questions to finish you off. So do you gamble yourself, and if so, on what? I have been known to play blackjack, so um, I don't really gamble, no. I, I think that the most I gamble is to buy a lottery ticket every now and then, hoping to win the millions. Um, when the occasion arises and, you know, I'm in a casino, I would probably have a few hands of blackjack, but that's about it. I don't really gamble because the house always wins. It certainly <laughs> does. And your uh, your favourite brand, your favourite house to work with? Oh, that's really difficult because I have so many, and I would have to have a shout-out for my own clients. So Betsip, Minfet, and Tolls Bookmakers, they are three of our managed clients, and they are absolutely fabulous brands to work with. But in terms of bigger brands, I would have to say um, Go Wild Affiliates I've had really good um, interactions with, and also, obviously, Bet365, I've, I've always thought they were great. Great choices there, and, and I'm sure they will appreciate that. And uh, favourite industry person, I know this is putting you on the spot because there are a lot of uh, great industry people, but, you know, why not ask the question? I think she would kill me if I didn't say it, but my friend Sarafina Walter Gabriel from Income Access, I think she's probably one of the most well-known people in the industry. I had the pleasure of working with her when um, I worked at Income Access at Paysafe, and I just have the utmost respect for her. There's uh, another person that I do that is on the same wavelength as me, and I know he's going to probably listen to this podcast, so I'll give a shout-out for uh, Miles Sachs from Video Slots. Um, we've recently uh, started working with them and he's just a fantastic person, super positive and really, really engaged and knows uh, this industry very well. So if you're an affiliate out there and you're listening to this podcast, get on over and talk to Video Slots because they've got a really great product. Fantastic. Great, uh, great people that you mentioned there for sure. And your favorite word? My favorite word, okay, it's an Afrikaans word, and I'm going to say it, and you're probably going to laugh. It's called pampunki, and mm. it's a term of endearment, <laughs> and it basically oh, means sure a, little, a little pumpkin. 
Um, yeah. So it's it's basically what I call my son. He's my little pumpkinky. Ah, oh, lovely. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. And uh, I hope you don't use this on your son, but your favourite curse word. <laughs> so um, I get a word of the day every day, and uh, this week the word of the day was actually crapulous. And this is <laughs> crapulous. I, I do tend to use the word shit a lot. Um, I, I think right. I'm going to change it to crapulous instead. Crapulous. Hmm. I like it. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you, Leanne. A great deal of insight here, and I'm sure both affiliates and affiliate managers are going to appreciate all that information you've given out today. Thank you so much, and it's been an awesome pleasure to have you with us as part of the show today. Thank you so much for having me on the show, and I've really enjoyed chatting to you. Likewise. Thanks, Leanne. All right. Take care. Bye.